Listen out for untold stories, fresh points of view from the eastern edges of Leeds and beyond, new ways of seeing what and who we are. The Red Kite will speak. Red Kite, from Eads Leeds FM. Hello, you are listening to the debut, the premiere episode of Red Kite, our new Chapel FM, East Leeds FM, youth podcast and radio show. So we are in the final stretch of the show. We've got a few more features, including very exciting, the world premiere broadcast of a new play as part of Leeds Playhouse's uh, New Views uh, youth playwriting project. So a play by Molly Hargreave coming up in about 15 minutes. But first we're going to hear a little bit from some more of the next gen youth broadcasters here at Chapel FM, East Leeds FM, and an interview they did uh, with Mick Ward, who is an old friend, a longtime member of Leeds, uh, Leeds City Council, doing all kinds of programs around the city. Uh, and Mick just recently retired, but he's on talking about music, punk, uh, other Leeds music, and especially that little football team that just made it up into the uh, uh, up, up a level in uh, football for the new year, Leeds United. So here are some of the next-gen youth broadcasters talking with Mick Ward on Red Kite radio show and podcast. So here's Mick and the broadcasters. Here they are. We are very lucky to be here with the former Chief Officer for Transformation and Innovation at Leeds Council and the External Partnership Manager for Marching Out Together with Leeds United, Mick Ward. Hi Sam, hi everyone else. Hello. Could you give like a brief description of what you do? I mean, I've worked for Leeds City Council my whole life, since being your age really. Oh well, since I was sort of 16, 17, uh, working in adult social care. Started as being a care assistant, worked in care homes and day centres and worked my way up. I was very lucky in doing that. But in the last few years, that shifted to be a, a focus much more around community and what communities can do and what people within communities working with organisations such as LS14 in Seacroft and, and of course Chapel FM, how they themselves can support each other. And of course, you have seen a lot of that over the you know coronavirus and the response to COVID-19 where people have been much more neighbourly. So just trying to work out what is the role of somewhere like the counselling, supporting people to be their own neighbourly. Uh, and I think something very relevant to some of the great stuff you do, how you can link together art and culture with health and wellbeing, because you know, I think you find they're both very good for each other. How far do you think you, the Marching Out Together project has helped bring community closer within Leeds? You know, one of our direct aims is to support LGBT people 
to go to Ellen Road and be part of the wider Leeds United fan base because not everybody's lucky enough to be to get tickets or afford to go to Ellen Road or even live nearby. But certainly to make it more comfortable to go to Ellen Road and be part of that wider community, whether that's on, you know, all the various Twitter groups and fan groups and stuff like that. But I think the other thing it's done is make Eleanor feel a more outward-facing place. So one of the biggest successes we've had with Marching Out Together, we got the club to agree to put our banner up at the ground. Uh, it's just under the scoreboard. It's a very big banner uh, and it's there for every game. It's very visible. And that's a really important thing, I think, in inequality groups is visibility. You know, I think if you're a woman, seeing women in senior positions is really good. I think if you're black, seeing black people on TV is really good. I think if LGBT just having that banner is a really good thing. But I actually think it says somewhat more than Leeds United's support for LGBT community. I think it does say Leeds United is for everybody. It's for all. And so if Leeds is prepared to challenge that, and we have had challenges when we had the banner up, you know, some people on a separate Facebook group to try and get it taken down. Didn't want to see that every game. But what was really good about that, the response to that group, meant they had to take the post down in a couple of days because they were just swamped with people going, this is rubbish, you know, this is a club for everyone. You know, there's, you know, the, the Leeds United sort of underpinning thing is all Leeds are we. And that's a really great example that the club's for everyone. And I think by having that, I think it then sets a better tone for its things like support for Black Lives Matter, for the work it needs to do around more women. Because it's still got a long way to go. You know, it has been supportive for us. But I wouldn't pretend that, you know, I think if two gay men were holding hands down at Elmo, they'll get comments. When we play Brighton, I'm sure there'll still be a bit of homophobic chanting, you know. And in the same way, it's an incredibly white ground. It's very male still. Both those things are slightly improving. But I think by the work we've done with the club in what is probably one of the more difficult areas, it's just sent that really strong message that the club is for everybody. Any city's football club is generally quite important to it. Although we've been away from the big limelight of the Premiership for 16 years, Leeds has always had a very big fan base and a big place uh, in the city. So I just wonder, and you can either speak as fans of Leeds United, but I'm also interested in people maybe not as fans, is do people think that Leeds United as a club has an impact on the city? Is it something people who are not football fans should have a view on? I've noticed from just watching the occasional game and watching the news and stuff, like the difference from when I was a kid and you would hear, you know, Oh, there was a massive fight because there was a gay person or a black person or because someone that didn't like the look of until now where it's sort of very it, it's more accept people aren't as scared to show up to a game yeah. like i feel like i could go watch a game and i i don't have to know any of the chants or any of that stuff 
and still feel like I can be there because I'm part of that. I don't watch football. I don't really understand it. It isn't for me, but I think what I see is it's a massive part of the community and especially for young males, it is a big part of their lives and making them have like role models that are respectful and stuff like that. But it's not just about that. It's about having fun and just being able to kind of let go and have some kind of celebration and stuff. Um, I think it does massively impact our community. When we win, especially during lockdown and stuff, everybody's like being absolutely buzzing about it. But it does bring, we have to celebrate it online and not actually in real life. Because I'm not really a football person at all. But with Leeds getting into the Premier League, which I've only really just learned actually what that is. But with Leeds getting into this big league of football, a lot of the people I know that are my friends that talk about football, I've started sort of learning to get in those conversations with them. But a lot of times I've also had this stigma, not just from my friends, but from other Leeds fans that I've met that if you're not really into football, you shouldn't try to get into it because you're just seen as pretending to get into it to try and seem yeah. cool. So how do you reckon the Leeds football community can adapt to new people getting in on football? Or do you reckon it's really a, a thing you've got to be brought up with? Because Leeds are being rubbish for years, and if you're going, you know, you're, you're seeing Leeds United lose in the third division and going on a wet Tuesday night with 18,000 people... And then suddenly we're good, and then suddenly, you know, there's 35,000 everyone. There is a bit of resentment in that, but that's just nonsense because what we want is more and more people. You know, I want some new kid who's never heard of us in Singapore to think, or I'm about to wear a Leeds shirt, not a Man United shirt. So, first of all, um, do you have any music that's like really inspired you during lockdown that you'd like to play on the show? Yeah, well, I'm going to have to relate it back to, of course, the best thing in lockdown has been the last few weeks and Leeds United been promoted. So I'll have to connect you to that. But I'm going to give you a, an easy one and a hard one. So the easy one is Leeds United, when they come out, come out to local Leeds band Kaiser Chiefs and I predict a riot. And that's the song we come out to. But it does remind me every time, showing me age again here, going back to the 70s on a much earlier Leeds band, in that during the days of punk, the whole DIY music thing was great, which is why I like stuff like this. For me, it's an example of punk, is, is things like chapel and do-it-yourself and organising it. So there was a Leeds band called the Mekons, who became very famous in how they informed everything else. And they had a song called Never Been In A Riot, <laughs> um, so I'd go with Never Been in a Riot by the Mekons. One, two, three, four. I've never been in a riot. I've never been in a 
And I just want to end by saying that I've really enjoyed that. What a great bunch of people. So that really does give me hope in what's potential in terms of communities and culture and going forward. It's great that you're all involved in this project. And thanks very much for giving me a bit of a space and the time. And you are listening to Red Kite here on East Leeds FM from Chapel FM Arts Centre. And Katie Haley is back. Uh, she was with us for the first section of the programme. Katie, how are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you very much for having me back on. I feel like yeah. it's just the oldies that have come back on at the end now. All the young know, people we're... are uh, off listening to the show from the other side. We are taking it out. with We saved one of the best from last. Very exciting. Coming up in just a few minutes will be the world premiere of the play by Molly Hargreave from Leeds Playhouse and their New Voices programme. But first... Katie, we're three hours into this brand new show. We're experimenting, figuring out what we're, what we're going to do with this. This is planning for the future. How, how's it been so far? Any highlights for you? Or Yeah, brilliant. Really nicely done. I mean, I know it's a long show, but it's the first one. And we've got, we've got content, which after a week of working with the groups, we didn't know how much we were going to have. Um, just hearing from especially Saren, um, within my new broadcasting group that she is just she's just so over the moon with all of this and the way it's gone um, I think the group in general when I spoke to them afterwards were just really made up with um, being a part of it at all stages and the the fact that none of them realized how much work goes into behind the scenes to you know getting on air um, and especially because we're all at a distance from each other you know that just makes it so much that little bit much more complicated but mm. I think if we can learn and, and, and sort of do this well then when we come back into the studio those guys are just going to fly as soon as they get sat behind the mic in there. Totally. And I think there's been at least 20 or probably 30 different young people's voices so far on this program. Uh, and we'll hear a bunch more in the next bit in this this final segment. But first, what's coming up next week on Red Kite? Well, as part of this week and next week, we've got a few um, extra interviews coming our way um, around the healthy holidays activities that are happening across Leeds. So not just stuff happening in East Leeds, but in other places of the city. So our young people are interviewing and exploring what other young people are getting up to this summer um, at a distance or, uh, you know, online and what have you. Um, and especially hearing from some of the young people over in Catch. Uh, catch sorry over in Hare Hills uh, it's great to go back over there and see how they're all doing um, and yeah we've got we've got interviews lined up but we've also got our young people working on their features so seeing who we can find to to interview along those lines we've obviously got a walk another walk happening on Monday which uh, young people from all the different groups are, are coming to um, so that's exciting it's another um, it's another bit of the Wykebeck way so I'm uh, excited to hear what comes from that um, that's as much as I know. What about within the broadcasting and music? Do you know anything about what they're working on? Yeah, well, some really interesting conversations around with Black Lives Matter, around Black Lives Matter, that that, that are going to be exciting to hear and important to listen to as well. Um, well, I think we're time, time to move on to the last because it's just past seven o'clock and I know there are some fans out there tuning in. So we've been working with Leeds Playhouse, uh, who have been fantastic. They have this project called New Views where they work with young playwrights to write original plays and they were going to be performed on stage but of course a little bug got in the way of that and they came to us and said would we want to turn them into radio dramas instead so we were excited too so there are four of them working with 
uh, Tess and Tom and others at the Playhouse, and oh, about again, about three dozen, four dozen young people as performers and playwrights. And so in just a moment, we're going to hear the first one called Sanctuary. Um, and uh, any questions before we hear this, Katie? So this is going to be an interview with the playwright and then the play itself. I know so, nothing about it, so I'm really excited to listen to it. But do you know, Have well, I mean, I'm going to ask questions that they might well answer in the interview. So maybe yeah. I should listen to that first and then Yeah, see. well, I'll just tell you, this play is, you're going to hear uh, uh, Molly talking about how her play evolved uh, and her plans for the future and lots of other topics. And then the play itself, this is just an excerpt from the play, I should say. It's a 20, about a tw they're all about 20 page plays and we recorded and our sound producer, Rody, Rosie Parsons, did a wonderful job doing a sound design, making, bringing listeners to, to these locations through theater of the mind. So I think we're good to, to take it away and hear uh, the Leeds Playhouse, Molly Hargreave, and then her play Sanctuary, and then we close out the show. So thanks, Katie, and we'll see you back here this time next week for Red Kite episode two. Brilliant, thank you. So, so next, I would the... like to welcome to Red Kite radio show and podcast, Molly Hargreave, who is one of the four playwrights from Leeds Playhouse's New Views uh, radio drama project. So Molly, first of all, welcome to the show. Molly is 14, and I believe this is your first play. Is it, is it in fact? Um, it's my first like proper play. Yeah, like I've had fleeting ideas before, but this is my first full-length type of thing, if that makes sense. Well, in a little bit, we're going to hear uh, excerpts from your play Sanctuary, uh, which, is, which is a fantastic, funny, interesting play. But first, tell us a bit about just your voyage as a writer. How did you, how did you come to be a writer? What were some of your influences? What brought you to the Playhouse? I started like writing, like I was, I used to write from a really young age, just like silly little stories. Like I used to write based off YouTube videos I'd watched, like characters from YouTube videos, as silly as it sounds. When I was 10, I'd go to a group and we decided to do like a little play, like write our own. And I got chosen to write it, which started this whole thing. And then my mum found out about Lee's Playhouse when I was 13, I believe. And she signed me on to the play reading group, which I'm still going to now. And I found out through new views from a leaflet that, I was, that you get like a leaflet from Lee's Playhouse, which is how I found out about new views, which is how I'm here now. Great. And so in the play reading group or just your theater going experience, are there any particular plays or playwrights that, that you think of as, as inspirations or people that, that, uh, that you look to as models? Um, as for like people I look to as models, I don't have a, like anything in particular, but like different genres, like I enjoy true crime and horror, like Limo and Miranda is an example of someone I kind of look to because he's done so much for diversity and his shows are incredible. And also things like Agatha Christie, I know that sounds really old, but things like that. So I, I'm curious to find out more about the idea of writing inspired by watching YouTube videos, which sounds like a really interesting way to get ideas. How can you give, tell, talk a little more about that? How that? When I was younger, I'd watch like YouTube videos and it, it'd have like characters in or like, let's say if it was like a let's play video, like Minecraft is as silly as it sounds. Mm -hmm. Like I'd take those characters and put them into stories. And if I bury through my notebooks, I still have a couple of them. They're not great, but it did kind of start that for me. And I also used to read a lot when I was younger, I still do, but I used to read a lot, a lot. And I think that kind of also contributed to it starting so young. 
Great. Well, let's talk about Sanctuary and then also the process of that play coming to life and becoming a radio drama. So first, can you just give the listener just a, a little overview of what, what the play is about and maybe where a few of the ideas came from? So the play is about a group of six siblings. For the youngest is autistic and they reach in ages from 19 to 12. And basically in the first act, there is a, they go on like a joyride. And at the end of this joyride, there is a very big, very dramatic tragedy that happens to the family. And act two, which you won't hear, but act two is kind of like how that unfolds. How does that affect the family? More specifically, how does it affect Poppy, who is my autistic character and she's the youngest? Mm. Yeah, so there's these siblings. I'll just give their names out so that the listeners, uh, as they hear the drama in a little bit, so I think I've got this right in, in order of age from oldest to youngest. So we've got um, Andrew, Harry, Roman, Catherine, Zoe, and then as you say, Poppy, the youngest. So we'll hear these, these, these six siblings. So what was the most surprising thing about having a play brought to life by these six performers and working with Tess and others at Playhouse? I kind of, it kind of made me think about like a lot of like things that I didn't put in the play. Like they asked me a lot, a lot of like questions, like one example is what's, what's the car model? Cause the play like act one is basically set in a car. Mm. And I did not think of that mainly cause I don't know how cars work, but anyways. And it kind of made me think a lot more about like things I could add to it, things I can add more detail to make things clearer, just like general improvements as well. And it kind of made me imagine more what these characters may be like in the future, because Sanctuary is a prequel to another project that I'm working on, which is an older poppy. So it kind of made me think about that. Ah, great. Well, that's exciting to know when people listen to this, that Poppy is a character that you're planning to evolve more. Tell us maybe a bit more about her in particular. So Poppy is the youngest and she is 12. She turns 13 in Act 2, but she has autism and she's been diagnosed for about two and a half years. And she very much relies on older, older siblings. So Andrew and Roman in particular, she very much relies on them. And she struggles with a lot of chaotic like she doesn't like a lot of chaos she likes seems to be quiet which doesn't help when perry's around because he's just a massive chaos causer and it just and you kind of see like how she reacts to the environments around her and how she is as a person how the autism has made her as a person great well and as the listeners will hear in a few minutes I mean, these six characters, you've managed to really develop their personalities. And then, of course, the performers came and brought a whole other level to things. Um, did anything surprise you about hearing you know, living people suddenly take these characters that you invented in your head and suddenly bring them to life? It was kind of odd, yeah. It was just like, oh, like, I'd have things I'd hear it, and I'd be like, that's how I imagined them saying that. Because, like, when you have characters, you kind of imagine, like, how would they say this? How would they say that? At least that's what I do. Mm. And hearing things it kind of either confirmed that in my head or kind of changed it slightly some things I was like oh I like that or oh that's odd like things like that just general just a general perspective of my own play kind of changed we've seen the actors read it it was interesting yeah 
Well, it was great fun to listen to it being recorded. And then, of course, it's going to be listeners will hear in a bit with music and sound effects all added in as well. Is there anything else that you think that would be just good for a listener to, to keep in mind to know before, before hearing the play, either about the story and what's happening? We like to say that, that radio is theater of the mind, right? So the listeners are going to have to imagine what these characters look like in these situations. But anything you want to suggest? Um, I just think the context, like, the play is set in 2005. So some of the things that happen may seem outdated, like my music choices are from trending songs in 2005, so they do not sound modern at all. But um, it kind of, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind because it gives an idea of like, why does this happen? Or like, why do, why is this going on? Just kind of a, this is kind of the context thing. Finally, any, any, any things, anything else you want to share? Before? No, I just really hope you all enjoy it because it's something I've worked really hard on and the actors have done incredible. They're all amazing. And like I say, just enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you so much. So we're talking with Molly Hargreave, the author of Sanctuary, which we'll be hearing in just a moment here on Red Kite on East Leeds FM radio. Thanks, Molly. No problem. Remind me why I'm doing this again. Because you're a bloody idiot who actually listens to Perry Perry Chicken. Because if you do, I'll give you my car when I leave for my apprenticeship. I get it. You got your license first. Fiftieth time you've told me today. I've just got my license, Perry. Are you sure this is going to be okay? Come on, Andrew. Live a little. Look, Drew. You're an old man going to university. Then you're going to be bombarded with exams and other boring shite like that. You won't get another chance like this. Come on, live a little. We can stop at that little nerdy cafe that does those biscuits you and Pops like. I'll pay. If anything goes wrong, we'll just blame me anyway. You're the good kid. They won't think you want anything to do with it. You're not actually going to, are you, Andy? Jesus Christ. Dad goes away for a week and on the first day, this happens. I swear to God, if you get us killed, Andrew... Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? Zoe, you're fucking 14. You have never had a boyfriend, let alone be freaky. Change the damn music, Perry. I cannot bear it with these three. Oh yeah, that's more like it, Perry. Oh yeah, what a tune. Roman, I, I do not like this at all. I know, this is a crazy scheme of Perry's. Even for Perry, this is... No, look, there are at least four safety issues I can see. Kathy hasn't got her seatbelt on, neither has Perry, it is foggy, giving a higher chance of crash happening, and the signpost up ahead has graffiti on it, and that could... You're worrying again. Poppy. <sighs> Sorry, Roman. It's okay. Just try to relax. Andrew's an adult now. He won't get us in any trouble. To show you how it <laughs> You let go of the wheel! Jesus Christ! You let go for three seconds. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? Perry, leave her alone. She was just worried. This is your crazy scheme. Crazy? What, with the things that you're into? I'm not sure I'm the crazy one. Shh. 
Shut the hell up, Perry. Perry, we've spoken about this. Grow a pair, you asshole. <laughs> I don't like this. Please stop. So, what do you all want? You all want your usuals? Yeah, make it quick. We could do with some warm drinks to melt the ice Perry Perry chicken is left in here. Poppy, do you want those biscuits you like? Mm-hmm. Perry, you promised you'd give me a card. Can you do it outside, please? What? Do it. What is it? You need to stop doing this. Do what? Picking an argument with Roman at any given moment. He's done nothing to you, yet you're... Andrew, you know I think. Yes, I know what you think. That it goes against everything our parents raised us to be. Good Catholic children. I would consider your argument if it wasn't for the fact that you are by far more sinful than Roman will ever and has ever been. You don't even know what you're on about. Yes, I do. Dad accepts Roman, so don't you dare try to use him to justify the fact that you can't get it through your thick skull that not all people like to woof whistle at girls and make pathetic attempts at shagging them. And by God, your attempts are pathetic. Roman has had more partners than you, which, can I be honest, I genuinely believe is the reason you have such an issue with it. Some people, believe it or not, don't fancy women. And guess what? Most people don't give two shits. And worse than that, it's affecting Poppy. She looked terrified just then because you got everyone shouting. She's been diagnosed for two and a half years. Why haven't you started to consider her? Well, what do you have to say for yourself? One would be disgusted with you. Oh, just give me the card and go back to the car. You're such an ass, Perry. Are you going to stop shouting now? Yeah. Yeah, we are. God, I'm starving. Hope it's quick. No one goes in there, Kathy. It'll be quick. You're sitting in my mirror, Poppy. Do you realise that it looks fine, Zoe? This is the third time you have fixed up your makeup, and we've out an hour. I want to look perfect. For who, though? We're your siblings, not talent agents. Well... Think of yourself as makeshift talent agents, then. Good God, Zoe. Why are you so obsessed with how you look? You're a perfectly nice-looking girl. Simple. I want to find love. Which type of people find love? Good-looking people. Zoe, you're 14. Rachel has a boyfriend. She's 13. <sighs> God, if Mum was here... What would she think of you? Don't bring her into this. She is gone and dead. Doesn't matter what she thinks anymore. Cookies and drinks all round. Hey, my hey. favourite. Hey, that one's mine. Oh. Ow. Wait, my lipstick. Zoe, again. What's going on with you, look? You're such a nice, you're such a beautiful girl. You don't need all this. Come on now. Eat your biscuit. You must be starving. You skipped breakfast this morning. It's nice they opened this place. The library here is falling apart day by day in this town, and no one seems to care. Well, you seem to, Poppy. And you know what I say? If someone isn't going to do it, it's going to have to be you. 
God, Andrew. Just be a life coach or something. Andrew Downing, <laughs> life guru extraordinaire. <laughs> Come on. Oh, shit. I've lost your card, Perry. What? Well, go get it, you fucking arsehole. Hey, I didn't do it on purpose. No need to call me an arsehole. Look, I'll go get it. I'll be back in a minute. Look, Roman, you're in charge. Eh? Why not me? I'm the oldest. You know why, Perry. Look, I'll be back in a few minutes. Where's Andrew? He's never usually this long. He'll just be making small talk with the owner's puppy. It's nothing to worry about. But what if it's... It's fine. It'll just be like Catherine said, in the nerdy cafe talking. Well, this isn't good. Where is he? Zoe, do not say that! Do not say that! Poppy, please, calm down. Zoe, don't wind her up like that. We'll give it another few minutes. If he isn't back, me and Perry will go looking for him. Who knows? He might have seen someone from school or work. He's 19 now. He has a life. Okay. Fair enough. You know, I just have the tendency to... What's going on? What's wrong? Poppy was played by Rochelle Lacani. Perry was played by Lawrence Hodgson Mullings. Roman was played by Nikki Davis. Andrew was played by Patrick Gregan. Catherine was played by Elsie Dixon. Zoe was played by Abby Wilson. The writer was Molly Hargreave. The play was directed by Tess Seddon, supported by Tom Dransfield. Audio editing by Rosie Parsons. A Leeds Playhouse and Chapel FM production with the National Theatre's New Views. Thanks to Sarish Mahmood, Alex Ferris, Amy Lancelot, Shreena Gobi, Gemma Woffenden at Leeds Playhouse, and Jane Ball and Sarah Eastaff at National Theatre. And that was the play Sanctuary. The first of four plays will be broadcasting as part of the Red Kite uh, podcast and radio show here in East Leeds FM, in partnership with Leeds Playhouse. And this brings us to the end of the first episode of the Red Kite radio show and broadcast, our premiere episode. Next Friday, we'll be back at the same time, Friday at 4 o'clock and the following. And the plan is to make this show evolve it into something that we do going forward with young people from across Leeds uh, and the wider world and how young people see the world in unexpected ways. So you can listen back if you want to, if you missed things uh, on our website. All The whole program will be up online. Uh, also, as a podcast, you can subscribe to the Red Kite Red Kite podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. So a quick note of thanks. We've had lots of friends who helped make this possible, but a few key people we want to give a shout out to before we go. First, Healthy Holidays and Leeds Community Foundation. Uh, we're part of the Healthy Holidays project this summer. More than three dozen groups across the city doing fantastic uh, outdoor and around and about projects with young people. And we'll be broadcasting documentaries, radio features about many of those. Also, thanks to the iGen Trust, one of our big supporters helping us develop Red Kite Show, as well as the Peers Fund, Peers Foundation, Housing Authority Project, Arts Council England, National Lottery, and Youth Music. And especially thank you to Elliot Moon, 
the hardest working man in community radio who's been here behind the scenes making this whole three and a half hours of radio magic happen. So we look forward to you joining us next week for episode two. And now to go out because the show is all about birds, creatures, things that live around the edges. Here's a little music about sparrows by Nico Case. Maybe sparrow, you should wait. The hawks are light till morning. You never pass beyond the gate if you don't hear my warning. Notes are hung so effortless with the rise and fall of spells breast. It's a drowning dive and back to the chorus. La di da di da. Engine hums a sparrow's phrase. Those who 